Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host. You're listening to episode 134, and the roll of the dice means that this is going to be a game-focused podcast. I'm working on all kinds of things with the, the podcast. We've had a lot of success, a lot of growth. Welcome to our new listeners. I was recently the guest on the Social Media Examiner podcast, and a lot of you have come over and taken a listen to our podcast, and I appreciate you joining me for the show. For the rest of you, welcome back. I'm glad you're with me. Let's go ahead and move forward. Before we get to our guest, I want to thank our sponsors. The sponsor of this episode is Sales of Glory. Sales of Glory is a sailing ship Napoleonics game from Ares Games. They've been very generous in their support, and that's what helps make this show possible. Also, we want to thank one of our previous sponsors, Drew Tablack, who was on the show, actually, who successfully funded. Congratulations, Drew, for a great job. Uh, he raised $16,000 for his CD. And it's always exciting to look back and see the folks who have come on the show, who have struggled, and to see their success. For those of you who are looking for more than just the podcast, you can find part of my blog at richardblissblog.com or thegamewhisperer.com is a place that you can also find it. Follow me on Twitter, Game Whisperer, or Richard Bliss. I also have a LinkedIn group called Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, and a lot of comments and questions are posted out there, and a lot of the forum members answer the questions for each other, which is great. But one of the questions that came up was how to get pre-campaign visibility for your Kickstarter project, because as you've listened, and I know that you've listened to multiple episodes, you're realizing this theme of you have to have this exposure before you launch. Well, how do you get that exposure? And one of the People said they're launching in about a week, and they wanted to know if they had done everything possible. So here are some of the questions I asked them that I would ask you if you were in the same situation. It depends on the project. For first of all, you should have your social media strategy already in place and being executed. Your Facebook, your Twitter, your YouTube, all of that should be already be done. Your initial backers should already be lined up and ready to help fund you to 25% in the first day, at least. You'd prefer 100%, but 25 is where you can start. You should have contacted any media outlets that might be interested in your project. Your prototypes should be in the hands of your reviewers and ready to be written. You should have leaked your preview link from your Kickstarter campaign. First of all, it should have already been approved. You don't want to be trying to get approval and then launching. Get approval first. If you've listened to my show, you know that I say that all the time. And then leak that preview link to your friends, your family, and your fans so that they get emotional buy-in that they're helping you be successful with that. That's the basic thing to cover if you're going to do a Kickstarter project and you want to have pre-coverage before you launch. I mean, that's a lot. It takes a lot of work. It'll take months. For example, my Kickstarter project is getting ready to launch the Richard Bliss podcast to support this podcast so we can continue to deliver uh, episodes and great, even better content. Well, I've been talking about it for a while. I'm starting to mention it on my blog and tweets so that when the time gets ready, I'm counting on you, my fans and listeners to help make continue to bring the show success. All right. That's our little tidbit for the day. Let's go ahead and join our guest. This episode, my guest who is joining us is, uh, Someone who I was drawn to because of the most amazing things uh, they've done on the internet with their um, artwork. And my guest is Alyssa Faden. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go to a, a cartography of Alyssa Faden group on Facebook and be amazed 
uh, when it comes to her artwork. That's what draw me, drew me in. And then she launched a Kickstarter project. And I just, it was like, okay, we'll just keep uh, talking about this one. So I have invited Alyssa onto the show to talk about her Kickstarter project um, because she's gone through some things. There's been some interesting twists and turns of this project. It's currently active as we're talking. And we're going to kind of break it down a little bit and talk about some of the things that she's done right, some of the things that she's done wrong, and uh, how she sees this project going. So let's welcome my guest, Alyssa Faden. Alyssa, thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you, Richard. It's great being here. You launched a Kickstarter project around uh, something that you created. You created a – well, you're in the, the business of creating worlds. And so first it's with maps, and then you created something called Torn World. Your Torn World has like 4,500 fans on Facebook. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that we've um, always done is, you know, we have a very high graphic content. And that is because, you know, Jack and I absolutely love bringing to life the visions that we have in our head in the written word and visually. I think human beings are a very visual creature, right? So we've always been very passionate about the artwork for Torn World. So then you, that inspired you then, so you created a board game, Torn Armor, right? So tell us just yeah. a little bit, because this is where now we get into the Kickstarter thing. My roots, Richard, you may not know this, but my roots are actually in wargaming. Um, I got into Dungeons & Dragons because of Napoleonic wargaming. And so... It, for me, it was kind of instinctive to say, okay, I've got this great setting, this great world. It's full of wonderful people and creatures and stories. I could share this through a board game. You've got this idea. You've got this board game. You've got this fantastic artwork. You've got this big fan base. You've got this board game, miniatures. It's like, okay, bam, we're going to put this on Kickstarter. And uh, this is, a, you know, I came into contact with you right about then, and you've got this great looking project. You launched it on Kickstarter, and what happened? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I actually like to think that I did a lot of things right. Like what? Let's talk I, about that. I, I really pumped what we were doing for like a solid month, maybe more beforehand, you know, through various social channels, you know, uh, on my personal channel and like this 4,500 strong Facebook, uh, you know, uh, Facebook fan page. We basically let people know what we're doing way in advance. And we start involving them in the process and the creative aspects of it. And we start building up and I planned it out. I wanted to reach a fever pitch of people chomping at the bit to jump on board with this game because they knew what was going down. And I like to think that I did a pretty good job of that and everyone knew what was happening. I created an event. I invited a whole bunch of people to it so everyone knew when it was going down. I actually started doing videos beforehand and I hated being in front of the camera before that. Now I love it. Um, but I started doing video blogs, giving people a rundown of what was happening and people really loved that too. I like to think that I reached out to people, got them on board couple of things happened. Um, the first thing is we were planning on launching on 3-3 and running through to 4-4. First thing is I knew up front, because I'm a huge fan of yours, I follow your work and your advice, that launching on a Sunday is not one of the strongest days of the week. I knew this. I was willing to accept it. I wanted the hook of 3-3 to 4-4. I figured that people would be able to remember that. I probably overestimated the ability for that point to hit home. Um, so I was probably swimming against the tide a little bit already. Uh, the second thing is um, 
And my heart sank when I saw this, but 12 hours before we launched, uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to take a step backwards here. I knew March would be a great month to do a Kickstarter. Why is March a great month to do a Kickstarter? Because it's a tax rebate time. It's sufficiently past the Christmas period. People are beginning to feel like they're financially back on top of things. They're going to have money that they can spend on games again. March is a great time to do it. I know this for a fact right now because everyone launched a Kickstarter in March. Yes. And I think the biggest thing that really hurt us is we're basically a no name. Yes, we've got a lot of fans. We really do. But we're not an industry name. Not really. Not yet. And so what happened is you get Monty Cook launches his Kickstarter. In fact, he has two going right now. You get, um, you know, the Seamon the, cool. uh, guys. Uh, that launched their Zombicide. Cool, cool Mini or Not, Zombicide right. 2. I mean, between those two powerhouses, yeah, you're already now struggling to stay afloat, you know? And when I saw 12 hours beforehand that Simon had launched their Zombicide 2, I was, oh, this is going to hurt us. And you know what, Richard? For all of my planning, all of my hype, all of my listening to your webinars and everything else, that was one factor that I felt I just could not prepare for. And it I, I want to almost say it blindsided me. And I don't know what I could have done differently about it, but I knew I was I was I was in for it now because I'd done this three months of hype to get to that point. Right. You, could, I, you couldn't change the date, you couldn't delay. Right, 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 exactly. So we we were in. We were in for this thing, and I was just gonna have to fight it. But then, you know, I figured, you know what? If I can actually make this thing still work, if I can make this thing fund, even though it might not fund as I wanted it to, now I've got a fan base, a, a customer base, a backers that we all together fought off these industry giants and still made this happen. And I figured, you know what, that could actually tie us all together way more tighter than otherwise. So you launched and then you had one other thing going for you and then you had an unusual for a no name – uh, for, sorry, not a no name, but an unknown. You had an unusually high uh, funding goal. Yeah, you know, so that's a really good point. And I'm not going to lie to you. I Right up until the last minute, I was crunching numbers because I came into this really wanting to have a funding goal of $20,000. And that was like months and months and months ago. That's where my head was at. I figured that would be a sweet spot. But... I want to create a game that has the highest quality miniatures, miniatures that you can take into your tabletop environment, miniatures that you can pick up and be proud of, miniatures that make people go, wow, what game is this? There's been one other title on the market that's done that to me, and that was the game Dust by Fantasy Flight. Sure, yep. Right. I was walking through a gaming store. I saw the boxed collection. I fell in love on the spot and I bought it. It's simple. I, I walked out with hundreds of dollars worth because the presentation was top notch and the miniatures were to die for. I wanted that quality. The simple truth is I did a lot of shopping around. I spoke with a lot of industry old hands at this and I spoke with several companies. I am fortunate enough to have spoken to the very same company that produces the dust range. They they are the people that I'm using for this project. Got it. And so, and that, then that comes with a price. That right? comes with a price. And honestly, I mean, all of the quotes I got all found around it, fell around this price. To get it lower 
basically meant I had to start making cuts on the quality of the miniatures and the materials. And I didn't want to do that, Richard, because you know why? Because the first impressions are everything. And for a miniatures war game like this, if someone is picking up a miniature and it's bent or the spear is bent and you can't get it straight, they're not going to buy your product again. And that's as simple as that. And I want a product that people are into for life because they love it for life. And we have expansions coming out and they know the quality is always going to be there. You have to put your best foot forward. You do. And so here you've got hit with these whammies. And so your project came out of the gate, a high funding goal. You've raised at this point after how long is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, about 10, 11 days that you've been going. Uh, yeah. I guess. That's Sunday, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three. What's today? Today's the 11th, 12th. So you're about 25, 30. You're creeping up. You're at 34% of your goal. Right. Um, yeah. You came out of the gate. Uh, a little softer than you'd hoped, and then it dropped hard, and you're up against, like you said, you're up against a big miniature uh, run with Zombicide and, and several other fantasy or RPG-type setting games. And then something happened. Now, just so my listeners know, she's still at 34%, and you have how many days? Three weeks to go? Yes. Three weeks to go. This is not, I mean, we're not looking at a slam dunk here. This is going to be... This is going to be a tight race down to the wire, but you've started to do some things, and suddenly, which is extremely unusual in a project, you suddenly got your best, second best day ever was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes, ten ten yes. days into your project, yeah. uh, the thing is sinking and sinking and sinking like every th- project does in that middle zone, and boom, all of a sudden, two days in a row, you've had a high number of backers and a significantly high number of funding. What, what happened? And what have you done differently that maybe gives you hope that, some, that maybe you might be able to pull this out? So the, the first thing is, you know, I think with, with hindsight, I'm just going to take a small step backwards just for a moment. You know, as I got into this thing, I realized that the success of a lot of projects on Kickstarter uh, right now, rightly or wrongly, are to, like, fund in the first week, because it's like you're going to hit this desert period in the middle, this slump. And I think a lot of projects set themselves up to do that, whether they have low goals or whatever. And I realized coming into this that I had been very heavily focused on making sure that I fought against the slump. We had a great first day, but then, like you say, we evened out, right? And I started to project that it being evened out might still get us funded, But as we hit the slump, people would get nervous. They would start backing out, lowering their pledges. People are people. That's what they do. And it's like, man, we might not fund here. So I've really got to start pushing this to actually go against the slump. I have to push this the other way. And I think it might capture imaginations if I can. So I guess there's a, there's a couple of things that I did. Um, the first thing that I did that I think was my best move yet is I actually reached out for help. And I said, guys, I don't have this. And I did that with you, Richard. Um, I, I, I basically, I, I think, you know, when you're someone like me, people look at you and they think, yeah, she's got it. She's got it under control. She's just coasting home here. She doesn't need any help. And they leave you to it. So I came to you. I said, what can I do? And you started pumping me full of ideas. And I think the first successful thing that we've done is to start setting these micro goals for people to actually chase that have nothing really to do with the funding and then getting something back. But to start doing these, just help us help us get to, you know, 160 pledges today. That's just 10 more from where we're at. 
just get your friends to pledge one dollar to this. It becomes something manageable, something they can reach, something they don't mind asking their friends to do because it's really a negligible amount. And that helped. That definitely helped those micro pledges because, you know, you'll get a few one dollars, you'll get a few five dollars and then boom, you'll get a seventy five dollar one. And then you'll get boom, one hundred and fifty dollar one. And every single one is going out onto their little social networks and they're spreading it out a little bit more. I love that strategy. I wish I thought of it right at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but you have and and then you've also reached out We're and we're out of time, actually. But um but you've also started to reach out because you've looked at this slump and you've started to reach out to other people in the industry to start to build some relationships there, right? Yeah. So, uh, and I know you're out of time, so let me be really punctual on this. The bottom line is right at the beginning, I knew that for, you're right, a no name to be able to fight against the big names, I had to attach a name to myself and what we're doing here. So I reached out to a few companies And I actually got a bite off one. And it goes back to the social network that I started uh, like two years ago. And it was in Reaper, Reaper Miniatures. Um, I wrote out, uh, reached out to them and I said, hey, I've got this Kickstarter going right now. I would love to use an iconic Reaper miniature as part of this. Slap on a torn armor unit card with your permission. And I'd like to offer it to my backers. Would you be up for that? And Reaper not only said yes, they backed the project and they're going to do a public announcement on it, uh, hopefully within less than the next week now. Um, they have literally become uh, almost a sponsor for us. And they're going to uh, they're going to do a little blast. They're going to do a press release on that. And, and, and that's, I think, uh, I think of all the things when this project funds, you're going to look back and it's going to be that relationship that you reached out asking for help in two ways, one publicly to your fans and the other one to other industry people who have had success and are looking for a way to give it back. And I think that's what you've successfully done there with Reaper. Yeah. And I would, I don't think it's a bad thing either. I mean, I think there's plenty of companies out there that they've got their own thing going on and sure they may not want to actually collaborate with you, but don't be disheartened by that because honestly, there's actually a good few people out there that want to do the same thing because it's good for them too. And I think especially in the Kickstarter environment, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of mentality for wanting to help the little guy for wanting to help you up onto the next rung of the ladder and well in my instance Reaper was that and yeah you're right Richard I'm going to look back and they are going to be definitely something that really helped kick this project forward they're definitely a good reason why we're spiking up right when we should be spiking down yep well we've been listening to Alyssa Faden. Um, and Alyssa, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Her project is Torn Armor. It's currently running on Kickstarter. And it honestly is struggling a little bit. But this is one of the shows that we do where we bring somebody in who shares with us how they're dealing with what every Kickstarter project manager goes through, this downturn and this uncertainty. And we certainly appreciate her sharing um, some of her insights and what she's done to make sure that she sees success at the end. I'm inspired by what she's doing. I think she's going to fund. I've told her that from the beginning. Uh, go take a look at Torn Armor on Kickstarter. Her, her uh, Facebook page is Torn World, and you can go find the Torn Armor uh, link there as well. Hopefully you've heard something inspiring. I know that uh, listening to somebody who has a passion like Alyssa is always inspiring. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next time. Take care.